A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. In those days Jesus said to his disciples, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Truly, truly I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the issues that preachers have is trying to find ways to express the inexpressible. And Jesus had this issue as well. He was always trying to express the inexpressible to his disciples and to those who followed him. And this was an issue. Now, the way Jesus would do that is he would paint word pictures that the disciples could look upon and ponder and meditate on and start to draw from these word pictures, these metaphors, if you will. They could, he could draw from these metaphors the immense truth that Christ was trying to proclaim because he could not say things directly, quite frankly, because in human language they just not, are not the words to express that relationship that God desires with man. But sometimes when we come to these word pictures, we have a hard time understanding them because we come from such a different culture. Our life is so different. And sometimes we take them, we take a metaphor at face value, become quite literalistic about them. And actually I believe that sometimes the gospel is more accessible to, to the artists among us than it is to the scholars. Unfortunately, most of us wind up, uh, most of the, the, the preachers out there are scholars. They spend their life reading textbooks 
and they come to something that is so rich in metaphor as the words of Jesus, and they tend to take them too literally, as, as if the gospel was some kind of textbook. Jesus is expressing in this story that he is giving, this picture that he is painting, how strong his desire is for us. You see, the very metaphor that Jesus is using here is the metaphor of a marriage. But if we're not familiar with the customs of marriage in the time of Jesus, we might miss that. Now, a marriage in the time of Jesus had three parts. The first part was the betrothal where the uh, parents would get together or sometimes uh, an older adult would come to the father of, of a bride and they would arrange this betrothal. And at that point, once the bride is betrothed, they indeed are married, but the marriage cannot be consummated yet. Something else has to take place. So once this betrothal takes place, the groom then goes and builds a home. He literally builds a house that is going to become the new dwelling place, the new home for he and his bride. And then after that, that house is completed, the home is finished and, it's, and it looks nice and it's decorated and it He's got the garden outside and he's got the place for the livestock because usually in those days they kept some livestock there in their homes and, and it's all set up so that it could become a home for he and his bride. Then he goes back to the father of the bride's house and he takes his bride and they begin a procession from the, her former home into her new home. And this procession is normally joined by all the friends and family and extend relatives and, and often, in, especially in small villages like Nazareth, the entire village is going to turn out for this procession into the new home. And there at the new home, they have this wonderful feast, the wedding feast. We see this in, in the story of Cana, don't we? There's this wonderful feast and... Once that feast is done, the groom takes his new bride into his new home. And they don't exchange rings like, like we do in our marriage ceremony, but the groom gives to the bride coins that then she will sew into her bukra, her, her head covering, as a symbol of the groom's commitment to provide and care and protect his bride. So Jesus is coming to that point in his life. It's very, there's not much time left and he's trying to express to his disciples this, the intensity of his love for them, the intensity of what he is doing to purchase this, his bride, the bride price that is paid by the groom. And in this case, it is Christ's own blood. And Christ says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He is the bridegroom who goes to prepare the place 
for his bride, the church. And he says, once I go and prepare this place, I will come back and get you and receive you into the eternal home of my Father, in which there are many rooms. There's room for everyone. There's room for the entire human race to come and dwell with God forever. Now in this metaphor, in this picture that Jesus is, is painting for us, we see this intense love. We see this intense desire. Jesus desires you. Jesus loves with such an intensity that he is willing to sacrifice everything, even his own life, to win you as his bride, to pay that bride price for you. And then upon the betrothal, he is going to prepare this place in which he can shelter you with protection and provision. Jesus is committed to provide for you and to protect you, to be your husband, to be the one who is always there to care for you. And then he brings you into his home, into intimate unity with himself. And not only with himself, but with his Father. That we become united to God. Just as we say in, the, in a wedding ceremony, the two shall become one flesh. God and man shall become one in intimate unity. This is what Jesus is trying to express to his disciples. This is what Jesus is trying to say to us, that he loves us, he desires us, and he will bring us into unity with himself and his Father. What a magnificent picture what a magnificent thought as we look at this picture that Jesus has painted for us. How deeply we are desired, how deeply we are loved. How incredible that we would be united to God in such intimacy. Jesus desires this intimate relationship with each one of us. Too often, as I said, we, we look at these things and, and try to make some kind of, of, take some kind of literalness to them and it, we lose the intensity that it's all about love and desire and we, we make it about rules. We create this religious facade instead of the beauty of the relationship that Jesus has. I'm sure some listening have wanted to give up on religion because they find it too restrictive when it's not that at all. It's really not religion, it's really relationship that Jesus desires. 
not to be restrictive, but to be enriching. And Jesus points out that he not only has made a way, he is the way. Now oftentimes, we look at a passage like this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me or but through me. And we see this as restrictive because, as I had mentioned before in an earlier homily, we tend to look at God from the world's perspective instead of looking at the world from God's perspective. When Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, it is not restrictive, it is all-inclusive. Jesus, the Christ, has given us a way to God. He has made a way to God. Not to restrict people, not to keep people out, but to bring people in. It's God's desire for all humanity to come to the Father through Christ. He is reaching out in incredible love and desire to bring us into himself, to unify us with God in such a rich and intense way. Too often, we don't want to make that step because it's a change. It's a loss of something to gain something else. It's very easy for the young maiden, when she is betrothed to a man perhaps that she barely knows, to be frightened, to be afraid of giving up the security of her father's house, to give up the security of how she has lived for her entire life, to step into something entirely new, entirely different, her relationship with Christ. But don't let that fear hold us back from completely embracing the love and the desire, the unity with God through Christ. Yes, we leave something behind. We leave this world behind, don't we? We leave the trappings of this world, the things that entertain us, that tickle our fancy, we leave that behind. We cease being children and we become the bride. One of the favorite stories of everyone's favorite story of all time is the story of, of Cinderella, right? Here she is, she's this penniless little housemaid, but the prince comes and takes her away from that and brings her into the castle. Her whole life is changed, is transformed because of the love of the prince. The gospel is the ultimate Cinderella story where the Son of God comes and takes us away from that penniless little existence as the, of the 
of the housemaid who cleans up and is, re and is rejected and, and laughed at by her sisters and brings her to make her the princess, brings her to the castle. But what if Cinderella refused to go? This is all I've ever known, is to be this, this little housemaid, to be laughed at, to be abused by others. That's all I've ever known. But when we give up, when we surrender all that we have known, then we can know. We can know the riches and the depth of the love of God. That's what Christ calls us to, to be his cherished beloved, to be his bride. And in the intensity of his love, bring us to the intimacy of his presence.